5: Good morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in here to Birds 365 and the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You got Mac and Mac, John McMullen, and Jonah McDonald here with you for the next couple hours to talk uh, Philadelphia Eagles football and the rest of the National Football League, which everybody got a big uh, breath yesterday. No Tuesday night games. When is that going to kick in, (laughs) John? At some point, we're going to get to Tuesday night game, uh, right? Uh, not, Not just yet. Two Monday nighters, but not a Tuesday night just yet. And the Eagles don't play till Monday. But as I told John yesterday, it's a good night for him. It's an early Monday night game. Yeah. Not a late Monday night game. Night games are night games. But they will be playing at 7-15 coming up on Monday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they got a new addition to the backfield. Defensive backfield, that is. Not running back. Uh, a major signing to the practice <laughs> squad yesterday. Huh, Johnny Mac?
6: Yeah, I wouldn't call it major. But it is a nickel corner. So, you know, T. Juan Mullen, he was here for four days, I think, before um, uh, he was originally signed by the Chargers as an undrafted free agent. He was uh, the one outside guy, I believe. I believe he was the only one that they signed to the practice squad when they originally put it together. Um, And he was only here for four days and he got released again. Now he's back. You see that churn all the time on the back end of the practice squad. Yeah, I, I mean, this is not a replacement, obviously, right away for Avante Maddox. But it's not the worst thing in the world to get a a slot corner. He's five eight and a half, so he's not going to play outside. Um, um, not the worst thing in the world to get them on the practice squad. See, see if he can play a little bit, and who knows down the road, but I, I wouldn't say this is immediate help by any stretch of the imagination.
5: Yeah, I can absolutely guarantee you I couldn't pick t1 Mullen out of a lineup. I wouldn't know the guy if I saw him. You you were there practice, so you might be able to do that. Maybe recognize him better with his helmet on than his helmet off? I'm not sure. Uh,
6: four days he was here. I couldn't recognize him either. He was... Uh, and, and that was that was at the 53 cutdown so i'd have to look at the exact date i think they signed him on august 31st and he was gone september 3rd so that was in the lull i've never seen him either jody so um
5: oh that's you guys didn't have uh any access to any of the practices so yeah no.
6: so yeah this is uh you know and that happens as i said with practice squad uh, maybe you see somebody shake loose, you want more, and yada, yada. But now you need a body, and that's why you do this homework. The Eagles worked out six players yesterday, the most notable being William Jackson. But that's why you do stuff like that. In case of injuries, you build up dossiers on players, and um, they like them enough to bring them back, and And we'll see how it develops, but I wouldn't get Overly excited about t and <laughs> let's put and, it that way.
5: And I think the they have a full practice squad. I think they, uh, um...
6: yeah. I was looking at that because you asked me. Uh, yeah, they're at sixteen. They announced the signing, and, and you know, so that. And I was trying to figure out. It was Morrow who they elevated. They never replaced him. They were they they swapped out the punters, obviously, Sipos and Braden Mann so this is this is the replacement for uh, Nicholas Morrow's spot who got elevated so and her 16 on the practice squad.
5: and if they sign a, another defensive back, one that they may have more faith in the ability to step in and play this week, even if he hasn't been here before like Mullen has uh, like uh, the guy who we reported right at the end of Birds 365 and anyway, that that wasn't an eagle social media report you were going with with uh, uh the former bengal and former
6: commander right that was uh, someone else's no that yeah, yeah that's just that they, they didn't sign him they just ripped right. him, him out. Them out yeah so but he's a veteran player he's played a lot a former first round pick um william jackson um cincinnati washington got traded to pittsburgh last season but didn't play had a back injury so He's played a lot, um, but interesting, you know. After we got off the show, I looked at it. Almost all of it, ninety-five percent of his reps outside, not inside. So really, yeah. So, uh, you know, he's a big guy, right? Isn't he tall? Uh, he's not overly tall. He's, I think, he's six foot right on the dot. So, okay. but you know, when you have he he ran a coming out, he ran a sub four four. So you know, when you have guys who can run like that, you tend to want them outside if they have some size. And he's he's not he's not James Bradbury, but he's got some size at at six foot. Yeah, he's exactly six foot. So okay, I thought he might have been generally slightly want bigger those there. guys outside, but you know, it starts getting to think. You know, people keep bringing up Bradbury in the slot, and I get why, but boy, Jody, that just makes no sense to me. He's an all-pro player. You're taking him out of position to make him play in the slot. Now, granted, he's probably a better option than you have anywhere. You know, he's better than Mario Good. But you're affecting two positions. It's the old Stoutman rule. And then maybe you sign William Jackson. William Jackson off the street isn't going to be James Bradbury outside. So it, do- it doesn't make sense to me if that's what they're thinking.
5: Generally, I agree with you that uh, when you have a pro bowl level player and uh, all pro level player, and that's what Bradbury was last year, you don't move him. You just he's an all pro level player. Keep him right where he's at. So I'm with you. Uh, The only line of logic you can follow in potentially thinking about doing this is if you've got Mario Goodrich and he's the option to fill in at the slot, you keep him slaying Bradbury right where they are, right where they deserve. And you got Josh Job, and you think Josh Job is a better player. Now, is he going to be as good as Bradbury when you put him outside when you move Bradbury in? No, but his overall talent—if you think it's significantly better than Goodrich—that you have to not only look at it positionally, but just the overall talent level of the defensive backfield. That's the only way I can come up with justifying doing stuff like that. That they have that much more confidence in Job playing. Basically every snap, 90%, 95%, 98% of the snaps. And if they got to go that heavy with Goodrich in however many times they're going to be a nickel, they don't feel as comfortable doing it. That's my one line of logic. I'm not telling you that's what I would do. I'm just trying to figure out why they're even considering this.
6: Yeah. I, I get the thought process of just getting your best players on the field, but, and, and, you know, Bradbury would continue to play outside. Bradbury would, you know, play outside, and then when you had a nickel, move inside, and then the other guy would rotate many, in.
5: John, if you know this, please tell me. If you don't, I, I, I don't know if it's easy to look up, and I wouldn't expect you to do this so off the top of your head. How many plays in each game aren't the Eagles in nickel where they don't have a third cornerback on the field? What's the percentage? Well, that's,
6: it, you're talking, it depends on the opposition and what they're going to do. Obviously, if they play a lot at 12 or, you know, like Minnesota has two good tight ends. They play more 12 than, than most people. Um, as opposed to a team like the Rams who are constantly in 11 personnel, you're going to have nickel uh, on the field all the time. But if you look at it, you know <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to bring it up real quickly so Slay's been on the field for 138 snaps, which is basically everything. Um, and Maddox was 84 before he got hurt, and Goodrich was 39, so a lot. They're in nickel a lot. That's um, the and point they, I'm and, trying to make. <laughs> and they're Very they're,
5: infrequently, they're not in nickel, and most times if they're not in nickel – it's because they've got two uh they got an extra down defensive lineman. It's not like they're putting an extra linebacker back onto the field. No.
6: no, so they're in yeah, the vast majority of the time. Uh, but you know, Bradbury will play every snap. So even you know, if they do come off, obviously they're not taking him off the field. Um, so he'll play outside and then move Which inside. That
5: that raises an interesting question. And I don't know that they're that many guys in the league, if any, who do that, who are nickel cornerbacks, but when another team goes to two tight ends or a fullback, and yeah, there are a couple snaps, couple only a couple teams, and those couple teams only run, and sure enough, they played one uh, week one. The Patriots actually do use a fullback every once in a while. But how many guys in the league play in the slot, and then if they're not... If they're playing just four defensive backs, move that guy back outside. I would think that's kind of a difficult task. Not that I'm saying James Bradbury couldn't do it. He's as cerebral a defensive back. You say it all the time, and I agree wholeheartedly about as cerebral a uh, defensive back as there is in the NFL. But that's that's a tough task to go from playing nickel to outside to back into nickel to be able to move from position those two pretty different positions play in play out type thing in a, in, in a national football league game i don't know anybody who does that do you
6: uh well we just saw one who used to do it in arizona and that's uh, uh murphy uh who's now on minnesota he used to do it in arizona there's not a lot of them um it, it and there's some guys who could do it but I think it's got more to do with the other players. Like we always talk about traveling as well. Like Mm sleigh, you should travel sleigh. Well, that impacts other players. So it, it, it has an impact on the other players as well. People don't like to do it like Murphy. He hasn't done it this year, but he used to do it in Arizona. Part of that is because they have no corners and he's pretty good. Um, Minnesota has no corners either, but their thought process has been thus far to, play a lot of big nickel they put basically a safety most of the time in the slot um so there are a few guys who can do it um but not a lot of teams want to do it let's put it that way um, right and if the eagles tried to do
5: something like that just to make sure a stays on the field you want him in the slot but you want him on the field to ask a guy to do it who's never done it before that that's asking plenty. He's not been a, a slot corner yeah, in his career. Make, he's always uh, been outside.
6: It just doesn't make any, any sense to me. It just doesn't Jody. Now I get the thought process of, of, of practicing it because, you know, sometimes, and we didn't get to see it this week cause he had the concussion, but this would have been a perfect week because Hawkinson's out there and he's mainly, he's a glorified slot receiver. Um, you know, later you have Travis Kelsey, maybe that makes some sense. But, you know, to your point on how many corners play inside, outside, how many 6 but 2 slot cornerbacks you see? I I, 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 I don't I, – I just can't believe the Eagles are going to do that. If they do it, I'll be here Tuesday saying I was wrong, or right. if I'm traveling, who knows, but Wednesday, whenever – I'll be the first to raise my hand. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense, and I don't think it's going to work, and I think it's a, I think it's a bad idea. There I really go. do.
3: If
5: they do it, I think they're going to do it minimally at most for this week. I right, uh, One other D-back question I want to ask you before we uh, get our buddy Mike Gill up to join us. Um, Reed Blankenship going to be fine? I, I think most of us, and when I say that, I mean media members, Eagle fans, everybody else, just assume because the injury wasn't major that he'll just get plugged right back in. he will be the number one Eagle safety again this week. He did miss an entire week. He's got to get back up to, to speed. I think he's in very good shape. I'm not questioning his shape or whatever. But are we just plugging in Reed Blanketship and expecting him to be the best Eagle safety are we asking a bit too much? Or are we even being fair to Reed Blankenship?
6: No, um, but, you know when he's healthy, um, yeah, you plug him in. He's the best safety you got. I mean, he's already proven that, as much as the small sample size. Remember, you know, I saw Reed. Like, I'm, I'm more, um, questioning Kenny Gainwell. We'll have a better indication on Thursday when they actually get on the practice field and they have to list injury report because it's kicked back a day because of Monday. But, um, I saw Reed last week and he, you know, he looked fine. He didn't look in any disrepair and, or a a lot of pain. And to me, it's just a short week and he wasn't ready to go on a short week. And they're probably being cautious. I would have, I would have bet he would have played on a Sunday game. Uh, If they played a Sunday game, he would have been in the lineup. Um, now Kenny I didn't see, so I can't speak as dependently on, on on him. Now, you know, maybe he had a cracked rib. I don't know. Because he's not talking uh because he's injured, but he looked fine. Um and, and we'll see. We'll have a better indication on Thursday. But when he is healthy, yeah, you just roll him back in there. He is the best safety um, they have, and it's you know been clear from the start of training camp. Took every first team stinking rep, I mean every single one, and everybody else rotated next to him. Um, and and the same thing will happen when he when he is healthy. But if I were a betting man, which I'm not, I would say he's going to play. Uh, but we'll we'll know pretty definitively um, on Thursday if if he's not practicing. You know, there's something more serious. If 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 he's you know limited even or as long as he's out there in some fashion i think you're on track
5: so what's the uh today a walk through wednesday and a full out practice to what's the schedule look like for the birds
6: um the schedule today is is we're going to talk to the coordinators no no practice no nothing uh you know oh, so they're not even returning to a walkthrough today no everything's you know, it's like a normal game week except push back one day. So the big oh, practice okay. is Wednesday typically. Now it's Thursday. Um, you have a practice on, on typically you have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This week it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So everything's just pushed back a day.
5: All right. So, uh, and we're going to look at Gamewell uh, on his participation when they do return to practice. I know you wrote about the running back uh, position on SI. Nick Sirianni wasn't ready to make uh, DeAndre Swift the RB one for this team just yet. He's still uh, saying it's a game by game matchup type basis. You buying that, or is he just being good to his guy Kenny Gang? No,
6: he's he, he's he's real. Now I think DeAndre's earned the right to be sort of the lead back for Tampa. Um, so if you want to talk about one game. But I still think if Kenny's ready to go, he's going to be the hurry up back and the, the red zone back, and I, I like to call it the high leverage back. But, you know, people get you caught up in individual performances on a given week. Like, the Eagles are oh, going but, to play –
5: 75 is something to get caught up in, John.
6: I get it, but the Eagles are going to play 15 more games in the regular season. They're not going to see that much – light boxes and the eat man coverages again literally they're not going to see it again and it's going to start this week yeah with me bea and and devin white and his ability to run and levante david guess what you're not getting 175 this week nick. so you know nick is is you know that team was top three in run defense for three consecutive years and they fell back because of the injuries a little bit last year. They were still top half. But when he's out there, they're really difficult to run against. And I think part of it is Nick tempering it. You know, understand the situation. Like they're 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 playing six-man fronts. We're taking advantage of it. Vita Bay is on the schedule. Don't expect 175 yeah. from any back we have. Uh, but, you know, people, I get it why people get caught up in it, but you, you got to look at the context of what happened.
5: Right. I, I think there's no chance Eagles going to rush for one individual play is going to rush for 175 this week against Tampa. Not happening. But somebody's going to get more carries than everybody else. And everyone expects it to be unde deandre swift how does kenny game well if he's good to go and we don't know that yet but we're assuming that how is he going to fit in how are they going to use their running game uh, you're right check it this week they're not going to use it this week like they did last week the passing game is going to have to get up to speed no. a little bit more this if deandre week. if
6: deandre gets 110 this week it's a better game than he got seven probably uh last week it's a better game I I would agree with that I see
5: that Mike Gill is in our green room ready to rock and roll with us we'll let him join us next we're headed down to the shore with Mike Gill here on Birds 365
7: go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
3: At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience,
8: field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank
9: staffing is not easy but that's what we do every day all day the key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner.
10: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
1: Now helps kids in under resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
10: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all
3: about you.
5: Got your Mega Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald, here with you on Birds 365. And we've got a guy who is proudly repping West Virginia University after that massive win. I do want to start there uh, against uh, Pittsburgh this past weekend. Mike Gill from the Sports Bash down the shore, ESPN radio. Good enough to hop on with us on Wednesdays. Uh, what time did that West Virginia Pittsburgh game start the other night?
8: Uh, it was like eight o'clock.
5: I was gonna say, because I was already on the air at 10, and the game was only starting the second half when I said, Damn, they must have started this one late. And I was watching a different game, and my producer was watching that one. I don't know why. Where he's going, Are you watching this Pittsburgh, West Virginia game? And I said, Not a lot. <laughs> he goes, Oh, it's great, it's it's, oh, it's backyard ball, it's punch him in the mouth, it's a defensive struggle. Yeah. That's the kind of fan that he was, but it's okay, I'll I'll put it on for a little bit. And he was right. It was that kind of a game. Uh, where did your Mountaineers come up with that kind of a defensive effort, Gil?
8: Pits that bad.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
8: That's what I, I got for you. It was I an ugly game, man. Hold on, hold on, hold
5: on. I got to toast you, Mike Gil, because this is oh. one of my uh, standard harps about fans in this area. Too many fans don't even look at the opposition. It's all about what my team does right, what my team does yeah. wrong, what my team needs to get back. Well, that's so I was yeah.
6: talking about with the running game, Jody. I exactly. mean, you got to look take
5: at Take that the into consideration that you're going against Vita yeah. Vea this week. McMahon, I'm not blaming you. You, yeah. you get it, but too many fans don't get it. Good on you, Gil. Immediately go to, well, yeah, that team we were playing really wasn't all that good. Most people just jump on the, we did this, we did that, we did the other thing. They never realized that they had 12, uh, 11 guys on the, other, on the field also trying to keep you from doing what yeah. you want to do yeah
8: <clears throat> Pitt's. uh Pitt's not Pitt's not very good west virginia uh which is i'm an alum for the people watching not very good the quarterback got hurt early in the game uh they had to go to the backup and uh yeah they they eked one out and uh, i'll tell you what it kept me up late but it got me right into that colorado colorado state game uh, who nah, thought they'd be, be up till two o'clock in the morning I I stayed
5: stayed up after two o'clock to watch this stupid overtime because I was already up till two two o'clock.
6: By the way, you know, the biggest prop, my biggest problem with the backyard brawl what they didn't, they didn't play it for like 10 years. right? Well, they switched, they changed conferences. That's absurd. Yeah. they didn't play that game. Well, West Virginia
8: played Penn state this year and next year for the first time in, I think since 93 was the last time they played Penn state. So yeah, this, the next, the next couple of years, you've got a couple of these old, uh, big, what, what was it called back then? Like the, uh, it was a little before my college football time. Like the, the something, the something eight.
6: Yeah. I don't even know. I, I, I'm so mixed up with the conferences now. I don't. I can't tell you, you know, who's where, when, when they're moving, Uh, but clearly we're going to, you know, super conferences and, um, I, I don't know. I like tradition and, uh, they kind of ruin that when you have Rutgers in the big 10. And by the way, that when there's 40 teams in the big 10, what does the big 10 mean? It it just bothers me.
5: Um, And they're not going to rename it to the big 18 anytime soon, but they probably should. And just quick aside, and we'll get to the Eagles, Eagle fans. I promise you that, um, the best conference in college football is you just go SEC and then boom, you've stopped the conversation. Some Big Ten uh, guys, what are you talking about? Big Ten? No, no. no, no. Um, the best conference in college football so far has been the soon to be dissolved Pac 12. Pac 12. They've been the yeah. best conference in the first three weeks of college football. At least year.
6: the Pac 10 moved to the Pac 12. They never moved off the Pac 12, but now it's going now away, down to so the Pac 2.
5: Yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But that's college football. And by the way, check out what Lincoln Riley, they, oh, that goofball. But who, by the way, Howie uh, Roseman loves Lincoln Riley, loves him. That was his first call uh, when they were looking for a new head coach. Uh, you think Nick's bad? He's suspending writers for <laughs> the, the most innocuous things. And, you know, it's not even about Lincoln Riley. It's like, why is USC defending this goop ball? Say, Hey, settle down. We're paying you millions of dollars. Settle down. But, boy,
5: yeah, anyway. They, they probably gave him a lot of power to come and just take the job, Johnny. So that's why yeah. they're letting him do it. Uh, All right. Hey. Let's put the college football talk aside, although you got three college football fans with you right now. Sorry, folks. Uh, and get to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, John didn't give a number, so I'm going to give one instead and see where you land, Mike After rushing for 175 yards last week, I'm going to set the over/under number for DeAndre Swift this week at 51 and a half. That's a pretty big come down from 171, 175 to 51 and a half. You going under or over DeAndre Swift rushing yards at 51 and a half?
8: Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was under, and there's precedence on this. He ran for 144 against the Eagles on opening day last year and never sniffed 100 the rest of the season. His next highest total uh, off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure, it was 78 yards, and that was about 15 weeks later. So really? I wouldn't be surprised at all. And look, I don't think you're going to see the Eagles just come out and feature Swift and not play anybody else. Uh, I mean, if Gainwell's healthy, I'm imagining he's going to get back into the picture in some capacity. I don't think the Eagles view Swift, even though he had a monster game. Keep in mind, Boston Scott got hurt in the game. He probably would have kept getting some carries, and they would have oh, been yeah. rotating those guys. He
6: was at Boston was at eight yards a clip. So yeah,
8: so I don't think they look at Swift as a guy they're going to turn around and hand it to. 20 plus times a game. And if he's only getting 10 to 12 carries to get 50 yards and 10 to 12 carries, you got to be busting five yards a carry. And I'm not sure you're going to get five yards a carry against this defense. We go back to context, this defense against the run stout, Minnesota, not so.
6: Yeah. How stout uh, to Jody's point, uh, pay attention to the competition. I looked it up in the break. Most games holding opponents to fewer than 100 rushing yards from 2019 to 2022. So, large sample size, uh, people. Basically, when Vita showed up, Buccaneers, number one. Fewest rushing yards allowed per game, 2019 to 2022. Guess who's number one? Buccaneers, 82.3. Number two, by the way, 95.6. Fewest yards allowed per carry. Same span, Buccaneers. Pay attention to the opposition. It is not going to be easy to run the football. This has got to be where Jalen Hurts and company gets going. If if you have a good running game against Tampa Bay, I, I mentioned to Jody, Mike, if DeAndre Swift or anybody gets 100 yards in this game, it's more impressive than 175 against Minnesota.
8: Yeah, and look at the week before. I mean, they didn't run the ball very successfully against New England either. I mean – where I say either. They didn't run very successfully against New England. Gainwell – now, you might say, well, if Swift was the back – I don't know. If Swift was the back, was he getting 60, 70 yards in that game if you're saying he's better than Gainwell? Otherwise, Gainwell had about 14 carries for like 55 (coughs) yards in the game. He didn't have – they they did not have a great day running the ball against New England, so – it's not like every team is Minnesota, and you're just going to have a you know a day where you're just plowing through and having 133 yards before contact. Uh, I think this is going to be more of the New England day where you've had to kind of grind out yards on the ground uh, and maybe even a, a stouter test, at least against the run here. Um, I don't know. Todd Bowles, another pretty good defensive player. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how good of a, a head coach he is, uh, but you'll certainly get a lot of – Interesting looks from them as well. So, this is three. You, you've talked about this, John, in the early weeks that the three coordinators out of the gate that they've had a face you know, you got Belichick and Flores coming from the same cloth. And then, of course, uh, Bowles, very, very talented defensive coordinator as well. So, this will be a challenge, no question. And I think, look, Tampa Bay was supposed to be far and away the best team in that division last year. I think it was one of the stories of the year that they just stunk. A lot of that was injury-related. I mean, their offensive line was decimated. They had injuries all over the place. They squeaked into the playoffs. But this is similar like the Eagles' problems when they have down years. When you have injuries on the offensive line, it causes problems. They had problems. Well, they're healthier this year. Now, is Baker Mayfield Tom Brady? Not necessarily, but the rest of the team around them is kind of back to where they thought they would be last year health-wise.
5: Yeah, I don't like the Tampa running game. We'll see if the Eagles can Well, win. they didn't
8: run the ball with Brady either, not at all. They didn't even. No, try. they can't. They can't run the well, ball.
5: They, they did the have point. a guy. They did have a guy named uh, Fournette. Lenny. Uh, what? What was uh, for playoff, playoff, playoff Lenny? Playoff Lenny did a playoff in that. the postseason. Yeah. So uh, by they, the way, they don't have the a playoff Lenny. They don't have a Lenny period this week. So I'll turn it into a question. Are the Bucs going to try and come in and run it against the Eagles? Because that Jordan Mm -hmm. Davis guy's been pretty good for the Eagles. Uh, Do you think Tampa thinks that they can run the ball against the
8: would. I would think not, Jody. And I would think you're going to see the Eagles get a lot of teams saying, we're going to go after you. If you go put Mario Goodrich in the slot, we're going to go after (laughs) him. You got Josh Job. Now, I think Job probably not getting the playing time. Hopefully Bradbury's back. But this is where, you know – the safety position—you got some questions there. You've got questions in the slot. If Bradbury's not back, which he—you he, would think after concussion he should be—but uh, yeah, I think the teams are going to go after you in the secondary and think that you can. There's plays <laughs> to be made there.
6: Yeah, um, I yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Not to mention,
8: Joe. by the way, and Tampa doesn't have a great tight end game, but linebacker is remains to be seen whether they can hold up in coverage as well. So that safety linebacker spot. You saw Hawkinson had a couple big plays. Not that he didn't have a huge game, a couple touchdowns, but I definitely think teams, Jody, are going to say, we're going to try to go after you in the secondary.
6: Yeah. And Rashad White is is the box. And I know Chase Edmonds is banged up. He was part of their running game as well. I don't think either team's going to be able to run. And I mentioned those stats before, by the way, a small sample size bucks 54 yards per game so far this season to start the season, allowing um, 54 per allowing 50. That's
5: pretty damn good.
6: Um, yeah, they just do not let you run, and it's been that way since basically Vita Bay has showed up, but it's not just him, they also have Devin White, Lavante David, who are two really athletic linebackers, so they can run. They can limit sort of the Jalen Hurts aspect of the run game because they can chase him better than most teams. This is this is a game where you gotta get the passing game going. You gotta get the passing game going. And we haven't seen that yet, Mike. Any concern with the Eagles passing game?
8: We talked about this a lot this week, is why are you having to resort? You know, yeah, the Eagles can run the ball 48 times. Well, Why are you having to do that? Is it because, hey, we could just run the ball? Or is it because they've taken the pass game completely away? Or is it because your pass game isn't where you thought it would be? I think it's more the fact that teams are just saying, you're not going to throw on us right now. We're not going to give you this. We're not going to give you that. And the Eagles are cognizant enough to say, you know, last week they're playing – zero in the, in the in the safety spot. You're going to leave a hole in the middle that big. We're going to blow a hole right up the middle and, and just run all over the place on you. So if teams are going to clear out the middle of the field like that and just put so much uh, concern on the Eagles outside, you're going to see the Eagles run the ball a lot this year. So I think a lot of it has to do with what the other defenses have been giving you so far. And it seems that New England and Minnesota both said you are not getting the outside against us. Now, the interesting part about that would be if the middle of the field is so wide open, why is the tight end not getting better production? Why are you not getting one-on-one looks there? Why is he not getting into the game? That's something uh, Colin Thompson, who played tight end in the NFL, we, we talked about that yesterday. He watched what Goddard's doing and why he thinks – he doesn't like the way they're using him, bubble screens, that kind yeah, of stuff.
6: I'm uh, with he, him.
8: Yeah, yeah, he, he didn't think. really like the way – he also said that Dallas – uh, has had a, you know, um, has had some opportunities, but the teams have, you know, made plays. He hasn't broken some tackles, but mostly doesn't like the way they've used them. But that middle of the field has been open, and they haven't utilized it. But a lot of it is, look, you're going to give us the run, we're going to take it. So I don't think it is a knock against their pass game so much as the uh, as these defenses haven't really allowed you to do what you want to do in the pass game. So the Eagles are just taking what the other teams give them.
5: Yeah. Oh, by the way, tell Colin I said thanks. that he should have told me this ahead of time. Because last Thursday here on the show, I said, the only play you can make on the Eagles game is the over. Because I think I said think it's going to end near the number. And sure enough, the Eagles are a six-point favorite. And they won by six points. So I said, play the over. Not only did I play it pregame, I played it in-game when it came down a little bit after they took the seven points off the board. The under-over came down for the half going forward. So I doubled back in again and won but I needed to come up with a parlay, so I went to Dallas Goddard receiving yards because I thought they would absolutely try and force him the ball after getting no catches. He gets six catches. I should have gone to Dallas receptions instead of passing yards. 22 yards on six catches. Yeah. That's almost non-comprehendable for me.
8: Nine targets. So, yes, they got him the ball, but not in great Great spots. You know, you're throwing tight end bubble screens and stuff like that where just not a lot of room for him to kind of roam, and you're facing a defense that's giving you the whole middle of the field and you're not taking it. So I thought that was something um, we, we looked a lot at um, the way teams are defending the Eagles, and they're basically saying you're not going to throw the ball outside on us, but that means the middle of the field should be open and they're not utilizing it. So I guess that could be questioned, but at the same time, they're noticing the middle of the field's wide open, and they're saying, all right, we'll run the ball and take the chunk yards that you're giving us there.
6: Uh, you mentioned Goodrich a little bit. Um, so we'll talk about nickel and then the larger aspect of the Bucks' Offense doesn't scare me. Um, shouldn't scare many people. We talked about the running game already. Um, except for one guy, Mike yep. Evans. Um, now, in, in – any thought that he wasn't going to play uh, because of his contract situation. Well, he's got a touchdown in each of the first two games. He had 170 plus yards against Chicago last week. For all the talk about all the great receivers, you're you rarely hear about Mike Evans, but man, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine consecutive years over a thousand yards. This will be number ten. And he's going to get there as long as he stays healthy. Especially with Bradbury, we don't know. We all assume he's going to be back from the concussion. But you have Goodrich, uh, you have Job. Not a lot of experience when Slay and Bradbury aren't out there. How concerned are you that Baker Mayfield might had a big one to Mike Evans.
8: Yeah, uh, Mayfield's played well. By the way, you talk to the people in Tampa; they're surprised at, at how he's played. Um, I think it's a big thing, if especially if Bradbury doesn't play. One of the things I talked about last week that I thought could be a concern is you got a lot of young players who haven't played with each other and communication. You know. I think we talked about this last year when the Eagles played Minnesota. You're like, well, Minnesota plays a similar defense to Philly. They just don't communicate very well. and That's why you see so many breakdowns in their secondary. Philadelphia had a lot of guys who played with each other. Good communication. Don't see the breakdown. I think you saw it last week. There was a breakdown on the play, uh, Josh Job, And you're saying, well, who's the safety? I don't even know this guy's name. He didn't play any safety here. I'd never played next to him. I think if that's the case. Now, if Bradbury's back there and Blankenship is back, That might fix a little bit of that, but if you're moving guys and who knows what's going to happen in the slot, we've talked about Mario Goodrich, possibly Justin Evans is an option that he's been playing. I don't know, John, how much slot has Justin Evans did he play in training camp? I mean, you're going back to say, hey, well, he did it when he was, you know, three defenses ago. Maybe he we can do that. So communication would be a problem and they have two guys i mean uh, godwin's not a guy that's going to beat you over the top probably but they got a couple weapons but he's a good
6: after. he's a good weapon from the slot especially absolutely down yeah. and
8: but those slot guys you keep looking at these games and you're saying mac jones threw for 350 and kirk cousins had almost 400 yards and they're doing it. a lot of it just kind of Finding guys short, short passes. The Eagles just won't give you the the over-the-top play. So I think it's going to be another day where Mayfield, he's got two good weapons, and you're going to see a a very good combination. But to answer your question, you keep going underneath, underneath, underneath. That's where you get hooked up one or two times down the field. And you got a guy like Mike Evans is a heck of a lot better playmaker than Bourne in – not better than Justin Jefferson, but you saw Jefferson had 155 yards against you.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Will uh,
5: this be the week that we get Hassan Reddick back? Because he's kind of been a no-show for no. the first two weeks of the season. You no, know, he's got that uh, big club on its hand. And uh, if you don't think that's affecting him, then you're not paying close enough attention. But if you're out there, if you're playing, you're expected to do what you usually do. And Hassan really hasn't been any kind of a factor the first couple weeks. Is this the week that Reddick becomes part of the Eagles defense again this year with his pressure off the edge.
8: No, I I mean, if you're looking for sacks, I I agree. I think that thumb is an issue. I don't know that he has figured out how to kind of work around it. And you think about what these guys need to do. You get that hand placement and a lot that thumb getting up in there and pushing those linemen out of the way. And he's just, you know, struggling with that. I think they used him in coverage a little bit last week, too. And yeah, I think they're realizing, okay, we've got to figure out what to do with him and not having him pressure the quarterback and get sacks that's a big part of what made this defense successful obviously last year I mean you could you could make an argument that he was one of the top three defensive players in terms of impact in the entire league last year you're not getting that at all from him right now not even close and no Jody to answer your question I I, I see what you're seeing I just think he's getting frustrated with that thumb And that hand, and and it's going to be, I don't know, half the season that you're going to have to deal with this possibly even longer.
6: Yeah. Speaking of frustration, Mike, i got to bring up A.J. Brown. And when I hear that word, he was obviously frustrated. Um, You know, Nick tried to feign he didn't know what was going on after the game. He finally admitted, uh, he called it a two out of ten on his scale. Um, On the Mike Gill scale, what is it, the dust-up between Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown?
8: I would tend to agree with the coach. Um, I don't know. We we all have that buddy that we get into arguments with, and at the end of the night, you're like, ah, man, I'm sorry. Earlier on, I was being a jerk. Um, I think we saw one of these dust-ups last year. I don't, I don't even remember it, to be honest with you, but I remember Brown complaining at some point during the season, and it was like, well, you're winning, and it's like, yeah, the guy – is competitive and in the heat of the moment, I don't think it carried over. Um, I don't see this carrying over. And I look, I think you have Jalen Hurts, who is the right guy to handle this stuff. And you saw him on the sideline. I got you, man. I got you, man. I think he knows how to deal. Now,
6: uh that, real quick then, because I kind of agree with you. I said right away, it's not that big of a deal. Receivers always want the football, blah, blah, blah. I, I was, more, to me, it was more revealing the way Nick and AJ handled it after the game. AJ just left. He didn't talk to any of us, uh, which is atypical of him. Uh, so he knew he didn't want to deal with it at that particular time. And Nick went that goopy Lincoln Riley route of, uh, I don't know. What are you talking about? Even though everybody on Amazon saw and locally, Fox 29, we'll give a shout out to Scott Grayson. Um, you know, locally, everybody got to see it. So everybody knew he was lying. I kind of took it as this team is too tightly wound, man. They know the expectations. They try to play it down. They try to go. It's week to week. It's all about Tampa Bay this week. Not looking ahead. Yada, yada, yada. I think for the most part, they do a good job with that. But I think they're tightly wound. Mike Gill, am I overstating that?
8: It's an interesting observation that this team has done nothing essentially but win, right? When Jalen Hurts has been the quarterback, the two games they lost was with Minshew. They lost the one game with him on Monday night and then, of course, Super Bowl. So everything has been success, success, and success with a lot of fun. The, the games that they've won have been aesthetically pleasing last year. These two games have not been as aesthetically pleasing. And you're right, maybe that is kind of hey, why is it not going the way we thought it would go? And when you talk about being wound, these are players, A.J. Brown specifically, who felt like I was a pretty big part of why we were winning last year, and now we're winning and I'm not a big part of it? Does he look at himself and say, "As I am I not as important as I thought I was? Those kind of things. And the teams, you know, somebody um, – we were talking about this with Dallas. is Dallas always has <laughs> – some of the most talent in the league. it's They can't handle the success sometimes. They have guys who are just not really well at handling success. And that's something that I think the Eagles now have to try to figure out is, we won 14 games and now we're winning again, but we're doing it a little differently. How do we handle that? We're, that I'm not as big a part of why we're winning. And I think that'll be something that we'll see as this season rolls on, if this moment becomes something. Because I don't think last year it became something. Why? Well, A.J. Brown had a big game almost every two out of three weeks.
5: Mike, we talk a lot on this show about the devaluing of positions. Certainly running back has been the case in oh, the last couple of days. They're just dropping like flies, which is making the owner's argument for this is why you don't play running backs. because As soon as you pay them and you make them a big factor in your offense, boom, they're hurt. So I feel badly for the running backs. And here in Philadelphia, the devaluing of the linebacker position is uh, something we seem to be talking about day after day after day. Let me throw one more on the mix for you. Over, under. Games, Braden Mann will be the Eagles punter. I'm setting it at two and a <laughs> half. Are you going over or are you going under?
8: Oh, man. <laughs> no pun intended. Oh, man. Um, I would take the under on that. Uh, he did not punt well with the Jets. Um, what's to say he's going to come out here and all of a sudden start booming? The only problem with this is, Is he the holder? And if he is the holder, I would imagine he is a holder. Are you going to keep changing the holder on your kicker who's having a fantastic year? I mean, I know this sounds ridiculous to consider, but – you to say it two. all the
6: time. Yeah, right. I'm, get at me. I'm saying yeah. it all the time. Yeah, But, yeah, I mean,
8: you had a guy in Sipos who worked really well with Elliott, you know, who's really carried this team offensively for a couple <laughs> weeks here right now yeah. Um, with, the, with these field goals, the distance that he's given. Now you're bringing in a new guy. You're saying after two games you're going to get rid of that guy and bring in another guy. Where are you finding this guy? Where are you finding a punter who is more capable than the two guys you just let go of Six weeks into the season, so Uh, I would I I would say
5: let let me interrupt because you asked me a question. I think you just wanted to continue talking, but I'm going to jump in and answer the question since you asked. Where are you going to find that guy? Anywhere, because they have put more value on protecting that 53 man roster, and God forbid you actually have to waive somebody, they want to do the elevate from the practice squad thing as often as possible. They don't want to have a punter on their 53. They want to have a rotating bunch of guys on their practice squad that they can just elevate for game day three times before the rules say you got to stop
8: yeah. that. Yeah. Nice. And I think that's a byproduct of this year having an inordinate amount of talent that they just didn't know what to do. They didn't want to release a guy like Ojomo and put him on the, you know, what I'm saying? like they had guys yeah. they just didn't want to release. So they're trying I So I think. This is more of a byproduct of that than them completely devaluing that spot because you know they've had a run of punters where they've kept these guys for a while. You know, you had Dirk Johnson here, it felt like forever. You had a bunch of guys uh, that had punted here for a while. So I think it's more of the depth of their roster than it is them devaluing that
6: spot. Yeah, but what is it? You know, you bring it, man. Maybe this is my bitterness of losing the 53-man roster pool because I didn't project Howie's um slavish <laughs> devotion to the young players with upside. Um but now that it's clear that they have some injuries, these guys aren't freaking playing because they're not ready to play. So, you know, and then you're in all this conundrum from the practice squad standpoint. And I only got three elevations for for Sipos and I only got three elevations for Covey and I only got three elevations now for Braden, man. Um, And these guys aren't playing and you know, they're not Jordan, my where you have this enormous talent that maybe says, well, maybe we'll try to tap into that. Did they get kind of freaked out by Jordan, my And they're like, oh, we can't lose this guy. We can't lose this guy. And then when it comes in, I'm talking about the cornerbacks. You, you need them, but they're not playing them because they're not ready to play. So
8: I feel like there has been, I I think I was talking to you about this, John, on, on my show the other day. I feel like every trade the Eagles made over the last three years or so, it's like a baseball team that says, just throw me an arm and and you get some single A kid and you're just hoping. And the Eagles were like, just throw me a corner. How many corners have they had that have come and gone and none of them have seen the field? And you're, you're like, okay, you have a situation now where Maddox is out for the year. Of all those guys, not one of them is ready to play and, and take over that guy's role. And you're looking around and saying, I made trades. I got Tay Gowan and <laughs> Mac McLean and this guy and that. Yeah. And none of about them. Jay and
6: Carrie Benson Jr. None or, of them. Yeah.
8: Not one has been able to step on the field and help you. So um, you're right. And, and, you know, the other guy I think is interesting in this. You're holding up a roster spot for Rashad Penny, who I liked a lot. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know, how do you not play this guy? They played him. He didn't look like he had a lot of juice. The first day, he's a healthy scratch. If he's a healthy scratch and he's not good enough to play, why did you keep him in the first place? So that makes no sense. So it seems that – they're just holding guys in, in ca- break glass in case of emergency. Well, Boston Scott got hurt. Gainwell didn't play and Penny still got three carries. So it doesn't appear that he's a, a big part of your, of your plan, but yet they're holding on to a roster spot for him. Yeah.
5: But you see, and here's where I get, uh, I guess peeved would be a word to describe it. Why is Cantavius street still here? Yeah,
6: that's another he's, one.
5: He's not going to play if Jordan Davis has picked up his game and you're getting him more snaps, if uh, the number nine draft pick has come in and a bit and of... Jody, play, I'll add how, this. How do you get Contavious
6: Street on the field? Why is he still on this roster? And he's dressing. Why is he dressing for five reps? What? Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Well, that's, I'm with you and all with these him. guys,
8: all these yeah. guys, you're like, they're playing six snaps. You're telling me the guys can't split up those six sacks that that guy has to get on the field for six plays that you're, you're holding a roster spot on game day for, yeah. for yeah. street. I'm, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to write
6: about this this week because, you know, for those who watch this show, even when it was unpopular and Jody knows, I'd say how he's pretty freaking good at his job. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to criticize him for that back end of the roster. I thought there's a lot. You bring up Penny. Uh, Mike, you brought up street, Jody. Yeah, why are they here? Why are they here? Um, you know, try to trade them if you can't trade them. All right, move on. Who cares? Uh, but I'll it,
5: defend Penny in this mode and not, not heartily, Mike. I'm kind of with you. You're kind of a head scratcher, but at least you don't before last week, you didn't know DeAndre Swift was going for 177. So you didn't have that stud unquestionable number one back and then fill in behind. It was still a we're figuring this out as we go along kind of thing. So I could see them No, but I,
6: I'm with you, Jody. But here's the issue, and Mike brought up, I'm 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 with you before. But as Mike brought up, you don't have gain well. Scott gets a concussion and you still don't want to put him in the game. You still he, don't want to put him in the game. He had three carries, Penny. Yeah, and he and he had a real difficult time with pass protection. Had the one holding call that, and and that was a legit holding call that got the, the AJ touchdown called back. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I, from a from a philosophical standpoint, I think you're right, Jody. They didn't have a certainty at that position. Yeah, but it's well, pretty clear. It. The Eagles don't have a certainty on Rashad Penny. They don't think he can play because they're not playing him. So why is he here? That's my issue. That
8: that would be right. Why did you keep him to make him a healthy scratch? And then when you played him and someone got hurt, he still only, he had, um, he played in nine snaps. He got three carries. And I don't think you saw anything in those three carries to make you say, hey, man, we need to really expand his role when Gainwell and Scott are healthy. So essentially, he will be a healthy scratch continuously. And by the way, I
6: I didn't chart it, so I'm not positive, but I don't think he played at all until Scott got hurt. So he wasn't going to play. He was going to be active and not play at all if Boston doesn't have the concussion.
8: Yeah. The other guy, you know, Tui uh, Tui played seven Uh, snaps.
6: Player, he's a good player, though. Right, I'm I'm not. not Hey, listen, this is but this is the problem that they've had
8: is this is what I was talking about before. He's a good player. They have a lot of good players, so they're trying to hold on to him, which goes to the punter thing. We don't want to release any of these guys, but you play them seven snaps. You have six for Street, seven for Tui Peloto. Why not say, you know what? We don't need to play both active. Give the other guy thirteen snaps.
6: Yeah, well them? that I agree with. That I agree with. Yep. And and plus Tui Pelotu's young Street isn't. You kind of know what Street is. Street's an NFL player, but you know what he is. And and Tui is is Jordan Davis's backup as well. Uh, god forbid something happens to him. He's got to play nose tackle, shade. Um, so he's an important part of this team. But well, you're right, why isn't he getting 13 reps? The young guy who's an important part of the team. Give him the extra six, seven reps. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm not saying. That
8: Tui Pelotu doesn't deserve to play, but I'm saying if he's getting seven and Street's getting six, why not just give 13 to Tui Pelotu? Don't make Street active on game day. Is it so? Because Milton Williams, he had 23 snaps in the game. Yeah, so, okay, maybe higher. he gets three extra more, uh, three extra snaps. Mil- I'd rather see Milton Williams get oh, 26 yeah. snaps than Street get six. Yeah.
5: All right, Mike, need a uh, crystal ball prediction on the Eagles offense this com- upcoming week. The fans want to see a little bit more passing. They, they enjoyed the run it down your throat stuff and get that. But Jalen Hurts got him excited being the MVP, backup, number two choice in the NFL. And the passing game has not wowed anybody for the first two weeks of this season. And oh, by the way, Tampa is a handful to try and run again. So all signs to point to the Eagles throwing it more. Will they throw it as effectively? Will it be more 2022-ish than 2023-ish? What do you think the Eagles passing attack looks like this week?
8: Well, I would imagine, yes, the passing game is going to have to be more efficient this week because I think Tampa Bay is going to say, you're not running the ball against us. You can't run the ball as successfully. So you're going to have to go to something else. And this will probably be the week I would imagine with the extra time. And as we talked about, maybe a little stewing after that game. Extra
5: time. Uh, we sure did AJ and uh, uh, Jalen actually talked at any point during the extra time that they had off. We know they're boys, but last time we saw them, they're a little perturbed with each other. Hey, listen. Sure extra time is the answer, Mike Gill.
8: I- I've had plenty of blow ups with buddies and we talked the same day like nothing okay. happened, uh-huh. you know. Um, so I would imagine that uh, Brown will be a bigger part of. Save big on Brunch
1: for Mom, all in the Kroger app.
8: of of the game plan this week, just a hunch for me there. Uh, And and I would, like, I with you, Jody, the first two weeks of the year, player prop, Goddard, who's going to defend him? You can't keep tabs on everybody, and that tight end catches one down the seam and gets like 25 yards, and he only needs an extra 20 the rest of the way. I got to imagine the middle of the field, they got to start picking at that a little bit more and seeing what Colin Thompson Described on my show yesterday. Hey, the middle's there. You're throwing tight end screens. They're out there bracketing the receivers. So corners and safeties are all over this guy when he's catching bubble screens, get him out over the middle of the field. So the passing game does evolve a little bit more this week.
6: All right. We kept you late at Mike Gill's show. We always enjoy talking to Mike Gill. That's why time flies. Uh, Listen to him uh, today, two to six, the sports bash. If you're local here in south jersey 97 3 espn i'll be on the show i believe uh, unless you've scratched me um so uh, something to look forward to if you can't get an up gill and McMullen, which i can't imagine uh why you couldn't uh but last one for me mike uh it, it, you, you mentioned uh the passing game um Devontae got going a little bit against, even though Minnesota was dropping eight and they still were able to get the deep ball. If there's one thing I could point to and say, eh, you know, Jalen's still Jalen. It's with the deep ball. It's been tremendously accurate. Um, Otherwise, I don't think they're doing him any favors when it comes to evolving the offense when other teams blitz, when defenses blitz. It's all these bubble screens talk about it all the time. Colin was talking about it on your show. Do we need to see more evolution when it comes to handling pressure? You can't always default to bubble screen, side adjustment, AJ Brown slants. Do we need some evolution in that aspect of the passing? Uh,
8: yes and no. I mean, I think, we talked a lot about, you know, he's got these weapons and to get to your third guy sometimes, you know, that's why they don't throw the ball to the running back all that much is he just takes off. Um, if he's not going to be as apt to take off or be as effective in the run game, I feel like last year when they ran the ball or he ran the ball, he made the right decision on whether to give the ball off or keep it almost 100%. Of the time. You're like, this guy's flawless in his decision-making. Same in the past game. He almost made the right read and decision almost every time last year. So I guess the question is, is that read not there? Is the is the routes that are being the play design not as good? Where last year when there was something, bang, I knew that guy was there. Is that guy not there now? It's not Goddard. He's not in the spots a lot anyway because the way they're using him, the deep ball has been very good down the field, but you can't do that every single time someone blitzes. You can't just start heaving the ball down the field. So, yeah, I'm interested to see if they're noticing that and kind of maybe have some play design issues and fix that up as the season evolves a little bit. Um, but I, but that's one thing I think everybody should watch is Hurts in the – he ran the ball 12 times last week for less than 40 yards. Not a lot. when he would pull the ball and take off – It's because he had a hole in daylight, and he took it. That daylight's not there right now, and he's – I don't know if he should be handing it, and he's keeping it, or vice versa, but last year it felt like he made the right decision every single time. Uh, Hopefully
5: a couple more right decisions this week against Tampa Bay. MG, always a pleasure, brother. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, pal. All
8: right, boys. See ya. Mike Gill,
5: 97.3 ESPN Radio, down the shore with the sports badge. All right, you got the Magamac Birds 365 boys with you here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Plenty to do yet this hour. Uh, Hour number two coming your way, including a visit with Chris Franklin, our buddy from NJ.com. So keep it here on Birds. Donald and McMullen here with you on Burge 365. Chris Franklin, NJ.com, gonna join us coming up about 10, 12 minutes from now. All right. Uh, in fear of sounding like something I just critiqued last segment, an overly narrow-focused Eagle fan. Um that they just dismiss the fact that there's someone else out on the field with the bird. <laughs> and it's all determined by what the birds do and how yeah. the birds do it and what the birds could have and should have done better. And how, you know, there's another team playing on the field at the same time. I'm going to sound like that. When I make this statement, um, I give credit to Brian Johnson last week because he was able to sniff it out. Maybe not as quick as you may have wanted, but he did get it uh, well in the first half to say, you know, maybe we should run the football because their defensive lineman is daring us to run the football. So let's run the football. And they do. And they run it right down the Viking Thoughts. So I give Brian Johnson that much credit. Um, but overall, through two weeks, I'd say the evaluation of Brian Johnson and his play calling has been a little wanting. Uh, we assumed that the Eagles, because they were as good an offense as they were last year, should just come out and impose their will on the other team. Again, I apologize for not giving enough credit to the other team, but sorry, that's what I thought about the Eagles' offense. I thought it was that good coming into this season. Is that a fair critique at this point, Johnny Mack, that uh, they're still feeling it out and looking for a rhythm that they haven't been too able to impose their will on the opposition is that something we can uh, look at Brian Johnson and say?
6: <clears throat> well, yeah, they're still feeling their way. There's no question about that. Certainly in the passing game, the 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 quarterback run game hasn't been as impactful. Um, and they seem to realize they were going to get different looks and, and different uh, defenses trying to do some different things. I mean, Nick talked about it a bunch with me in the offseason. He was expecting it um they haven't handled it well for the for the most part comparatively speaking again it's not about style points it's about winning games they win games i mean that's all that matters dallas is 2-0 and the eagles are 2-0 and dallas has looked more impressive but it doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh, they're both 2-0 um so i think it's fair to say I don't think they've handled some of the changes they've gotten early on as effectively as they would have liked. But then again, I look at, you know, they did a great job against Minnesota after the first 15 minutes. They said, all right, you're going to do this. We're going to do that. So it's kind of two games, one. And then you throw the weather in Foxborough as well early in the game. That kind of mucked things up. I don't think it's as bad as people think. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, Brian Johnson stinks after two oh, games. And they it's made that
5: well-known at the game Thursday yeah. in about uh, midway through the second quarter when there I mean, were, I assumed the booze that were raining down were directed at Brian Johnson as much as anyone else, any individual ego player agree or disagree.
6: Yeah. Agree because, you know, He's the play caller. That's a bad, and I, you know, how many times I say, you're not judging play calls, you're judging play results. Results, Um, um, So I don't know, uh, you know, their play calling and what they're trying to accomplish. So no offense to any fan, but you don't know. You might think you know, but you don't know. Um, I, I, you know, by two games so far, I would say, you know, week one, was a little bit of a disappointment. I think week two was a solid job. It just didn't go the way, you know. It's interesting because typically when the Eagles run the football, everybody gets excited about it. I I don't know. For some reason this year, it's changed a little bit. They want the passing game. They did what they had to do to win the game. So I, I put a check mark in week two. I said, that's a good job. Um, other people obviously look at it differently.
5: And oh, by the way, um, again, sometimes I think we need to take a step back and look at it more simplistically than we do, because there are so many different analytics and rating services and opinion. Everybody can look at and like much like the standings. You look at the standings and the only thing that matters is the standing style points don't count. The teams that are 2-0 are 2-0. They're in first place. They're tied. That's all there is to it. The other one for me is points scored. At the end of the day, that's how you determine the standings. Wins and losses. And wins and losses are determined by how many points did you score? Was it more than the opposition? The Eagles are only three points away from being the second-leading scoring team in the National Football League. The Eagles have 59 points. The Cowboys have 70. In between them are the Packers at 62, the Dolphins at 60, the 49ers at 60, and then come the Philadelphia Eagles. So if you gave the Eagles three more points, they'd be number two behind Dallas. Yeah. You know, they got one. Well, you know, and football's a
6: complimentary game. We we know what happened. I mean, they had a seven-yard field at one uh, on one touchdown on Thursday. So, I mean. I give the defense more credit than the offense for that. So it I get what you're saying. Ultimately, doesn't matter. It's a complimentary game. You know, who knows if, if Justin Evans doesn't make that play on special teams? I mean, that's a bad punt from Sipos That probably cost him his job because the Eagles are looking at it from well, Powell returns it. 20 yards you know the vikings are set up but he fumbles at the uh, at the end and a big play for minnesota turns into a big play for philadelphia so they they they've done a good job when it comes to turnovers um you know avante maddox swiped at the football early uh, and gave him another short field um uh so you know The defense has done a good job creating turnovers early in the season. There's a lot to that. I would say overall the offense hasn't been as effective as we all expected. I think that's fair to say. Uh, But I think part of it is they're getting different looks because people couldn't stop them last year, and they're still trying to figure out some of those new looks they're getting
5: understood, but the Cowboys have two non-offensive touchdowns, too, and nobody's thought, oh, you know, the offense, give the credit to the defense. The Cowboys have a special team touchdown. Well, they
6: have the best defense, defense in the NFL. I'm giving the credit to their defense. Michael Parsons looks like, I don't know, what he looks like a movie villain, <laughs> uh, a, a horror movie. I mean, nobody can block the guy. Nobody can stop the guy. They have the best defense in the NFL through two weeks. They do,
5: well, and they have the highest scoring offense in the NFL after two weeks too. So they they are clicking on all cylinders. We got to give the Cowboys the credit for uh, what they've achieved. But again, as we've now said a couple of times here, they're two and zero. Eagles are two and zero. Nine teams are two and zero, and it doesn't matter how you get the two and zero, get the two and zero. And then we'll have week number three, and we'll cut that number down by a little bit. A couple of the undefeated teams will probably come off the board. Uh, The Eagles just have to make sure that they're not one of them. They take one of them off the board because the two and O Eagles take on the two and O bucks in Tampa on Monday night. All right. McDonald and McMone here on bird 365 quickie timeout. And then we assume. All right. uh, One more uh, question before we go to break. Yay or nay, Chris Franklin birds in the background. How uh, at what point in our uh, spot with Chris Franklin, will we be able to hear Chris Franklin's birds. Well, you see, they're yeah. going
6: to be at work in the newsroom. So we're going to oh, see Oh, you that, think he's that, going newsroom? That T that looks like a a cross, it's going to look like a church or the birds. Uh, Which one's it going to be, Johnny Mac? Make a call. I'm going to go. It's a nice day. I'm looking out. That's why I'm looking out the window. I'm going to say the birds are going to be. You think
5: he's going outside, huh? We'll see if we get the Franklin birds in the background in the interview when we punch up Chris Franklin from nj.com next. Here on Birds 365.
7: Go to get your game on.
8: Field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
9: Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner.
10: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
1: So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
10: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you.
1: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
9: The big story on Action News. Search
1: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
9: Eagles.
5: Eagles. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. Sometimes we get it right, sometimes we get it
6: right. I went birds, Chris. It's probably too chilly. I (laughs) promise you chilly. John
5: McMullen said it's going to be one of two things, and it's neither. Neither. He either had you in the newsroom or outside. He's coming to us via... Is that the bathroom you're in? You take the... The PC into the bathroom that you got a nice wait, little wait, mirror in the background. Where you at,
4: Franklin? You know, so I do some of my best thinking in there, but unfortunately, no, nah, it's not there. i uh, in one of the offices, of another room. I'm trying to a different room today. You know, the allergies are, kicked, are kicking my butt right now. So oh, I'm like, you really? know, let's, let's do this a little bit. This way. So I, I went with the third pitch, you know, and to try to go all speed. And it worked, I guess. Hey, it worked.
5: Yeah, that's looks <laughs> nice. looks fine. Just uh, I, we, we tried to guess where you, where you came on and we struck up badly. So your third pitch worked. Um, Yes. Eagles are 2-0. They haven't been a wow inspiring 2-0 and and they, why isn't this going this way as compared to what it was kind of 2-0. You worried at all? Eh, All right, 2-0, but you beat a Patriot team who didn't make the playoffs. You beat a Viking team who let a whole bunch of good guys walk out the door, even though they won 13 games last year. You have to keep it in the context of who did you go 2-0 against. Where are you at with the Birds two games in?
4: I'm not worried so much right now. Looking at – after looking – I seem like I felt like I watched that game over and over a lot. like the, the All-22 a lot. There's a lot of stuff that you see where this offense could really get hit right now, and it seems like they're off, off sync right now. And I think that you can attribute that to – not getting the game speed reps during the preseason. I mean, there are looks that Jalen Hurts could have had with, with A.J. Brown. There are looks that he could have had with uh, Dallas Goddard in that first game. There's stuff in the defense when you see some of the, the, the uh, missed coverages and stuff like that. Just one little communication here or there off, and next thing you know, we're probably talking to them like we're talking about the Cowboys or the 49ers. So I'm not worried so much right now. Now, say if this was, I don't know, you get to that stretch of death when you face a lot of these better teams in the league, then I'm going heading into it. I'm like, all right,
6: yeah, I'm worried.
4: But I'm not right now. I think it's a lot of it's just rust.
6: Well, you mentioned that uh, the communication in the secondary, and that's one of my issues with this scheme um, because it relies so much on that. You see it when Bradbury's out there, that's eh, pretty good. The Eagles were really good at it until the Super Bowl last year. Um, some other teams that run the Pangeo defense, not so much. And you're starting to see that with the Eagles as the younger players come in. You, they had that box, I called it that box and no one against Justin Jefferson when four players con- converged on Jefferson and KJ Osborne just went strolling in the park for a touchdown. You didn't see that kind of stuff last year. I think it's the youth, you know, Goodridge, Joe. And that's what young players do. Is there too much stress? Because there's going to be no Avante Maddox moving forward. Is there too much stress on young players in the secondary with this with this scheme?
4: And you mentioned I think you brought up a good point when it comes to there. Because a lot of the stuff is a lot of pre-snap recognition, trying to see what the splits are going in, guessing what those routes are going to happen. And I think that you may see a few hiccups, especially if you have uh, in the middle. When he, at least Josh Joe had most of the snaps, that he got a good feel for early on. He knew he was the starter mm-hmm. heading in, and when Goodridge came in, it was like, "Okay, he, it took a little bit for him to get acclimated." it took a little for him to get acclimated to the speed, and then he got better as the game went on. So I'm looking at, when you see this as well too, especially if I'm the Bucks, I'm trying to throw looks that they haven't seen before stuff that I feel uncomfortable with and trying to confound them and sort of look like, okay, no, no, you guys. Because there's, there's times when you see them looking like, oh, no, no, you get this. And then the last second is trying to really, really go, and try to change the coverage the last minute. So I think it's a lot of that youth, and, and I, that's why one reason why I would probably put James Bradbury in the slot and maybe use Josh Show on the outside just to oh. depend, depending on the way they line up.
5: Staying on the defensive side – um it was only a couple of weeks ago that they told Nicholas Morrow, thanks for the memories, and sent him packing. He went out, shopped a little bit, couldn't find anybody else that was willing to give him a spot on the roster. So he said, oh, I'll go back to the Eagle practice squad. He's on the practice squad, and before you know it, he's back in the game. He's back in playing. He's got the green dot now because Nicobe Dean continues to be out of the lineup. Uh, is Nicholas Morrow a saving grace for the Philadelphia Eagles, or somebody that could be taken advantage of on the next couple of weeks.
4: The key is going to be uh, I think he can, if, te- if the teams continue to pass a lot as much as they've done against this Eagles team, I think he can. The, pro- the thing I'm worried about is the run game. Because if a team starts seeing that the Eagles start you getting lighter in a boxing, bringing like having him in the middle with the four defensive linemen up front, then I'm checking. I'm quarter. I'm just going to check, say, okay, you no, know I'm just going to run down the middle because he's a little bit, he's not the. Prototypical size for there, and I think you can get some a lot of yards, chunk yards when you're in the rushing game. When it came to overall, the way he played in that last game against the Vikings, I thought he did very well. I like the way that he flowed to the ball, like the way he was aggressive, and then you saw what he did on special teams. So I think overall, I think you look at that, and I think you for at least four to four. If Nakobe Dean's out, it's ever four to six. But if Nakobe's out for four weeks, then I think that you can get by with that. If he's out to six, seven, eight, which I don't think it's going to be the latter, but if it is. That's why I think you really start to see the effects of missing Dean out there on the field.
6: Uh, You piqued my interest by saying you'd go with Bradbury in the slots um, and Josh Job outside. Um, Now I kind of subscribe to the Jeff Stoutland theory there. Like why are you going to affect two positions if you don't need to? In other words, Bradbury, great player, all pro player outside. He's not a Bonte Maddox inside, so you're getting worse there. And then, obviously, Josh Job isn't James Bradbury outside. I don't like that. I don't like that. And the second part, Chris, is can you point to another 6-2 nickel corner that's successful in this league? Because I don't get it. I don't get the Bradbury in the slot stuff.
4: The reason, why, the reason why I do it, especially against this team as well, too, uh, against the Bucs, is that pretty much you're going to have Mike Evans lined up on the left side because all his snaps this year would be yeah. the, the left side, outside, the left side, and Going back
6: to Texas A&M, he plays the same. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, you cut the half, feeling half-heart. Great. We know which way he's going to be. But I think especially when you get Godwin in the middle there, I think you're basically going to go your best on your best. And especially in the nickel spot where you have to worry about so much, you know, where the linebackers are going to drop back, where – if, where it's the flat area, the hook, so much stuff. I'd rather have a veteran guy who could potentially be matched up with Godwin a lot because he's played in the slot a little bit too, a, little, a little bit more this year. i like that matchup proposed more. And then also you have a young. we've been talking about the younger guys, you have Josh Drew, especially still trying to get his feet wet. I think, hey, just say, hey, you know what? Worry about, just worry about the outside and everything else. And then you can put Mario in there. You can put Mario Goodridge in the middle. I just worry about that matchup, like fresh off thing. Hey, you're starting. Here's Chris Godwin. Go ahead and stop right now. I think, I just think that the Bradbury one, for the time being, at least this matchup here gives you a little bit better shot for, for the time being long-term. I think, I think it basically a match matchup by matchup when it comes to that. All
5: right, Chris Franklin, we surely haven't talked to you since uh, the weekend's action with the Eagles starting it. I want to go with who finished it, and that was the Cleveland Browns, who you guys all got a chance to see this year in the joint practices and the like. Let me give you my scouting report on the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. He's stunk so far this year. He has been flat out bad. Uh, It's a good thing that uh, Zach is starting in New York because it keeps uh, Deshaun Watson from potentially being the worst quarterback through two weeks in the National Football League. And we all know that the Eagles made a play for Deshaun Watson and Deshaun wanted no part of coming here. Jalen's one of his boys, and he said, "I don't want to take his job. Somebody else is going to give me a job at one hundred and fifty million dollars. Every penny of it guaranteed. Let me please go elsewhere." Which is exactly what he did. Eagles get lucky in dodging the Deshaun Watson bullet. Chris Franklin,
4: I think if they if they do win a Super Bowl in his next, as when Jalen hurts the quarterback, they should send a ring over to Deshaun Watson because making that decision because you, you look it's, it deserves it. He deserved that suspension, but ever since that suspension, he has not been the same. No, I don't know if it's been timing. It's I don't know not. if he's ahead. It's, it's just, it was just joining his decision making looks off at times. You know, his the zip on the ball is still there, but that's not all it takes to be a quarterback in this league. So yeah, they got really lucky on that. And you look at, you, you think about Cleveland. And, and Russ, the by question, way. though.
6: And Russell, yeah, Wilson Russ too.
4: Well. Yeah, he's cook. Whatever he's cooking is giving food poisoning. That's the way it's right now. The way he's playing right now. Like, I'm, I'm waiting for Sean Payton to pull the plug on that. Uh, I will. Right. I,
6: I I will defend Deshaun Watson. He's not the second worst. Court. I mean, we got Bryce Young out there. He, he's not ready to play. Uh, uh, Zach Wilson, Jody mentioned. Justin Fields is just in a disaster in Chicago. Now, I think that's more on the coaching staff, but nonetheless. There's a lot of bad quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter, somehow they're 2-0. and I don't know how they're 2-0, and but he can't throw. Um, yeah, there's a lot of bad quarterbacks. Josh Dobbs. I mean, there's a lot of bad
4: quarterbacks. The thing I look at when it comes to Bryce Young, and especially in Justin Fields, at least you can see like there's reasons why. Bryce Young, I think you look at it both things, you look at the offensive line, I think you look at the weapons around them. I mean, you started that one. At least, there's no excuse. I mean, Amari, I look at Amari Cooper. I think he's one of the better. I'm not saying he's top five, but I think he's one of the better wide receivers in the league. And Joku, I think, is a decent tight end on there. And he's a, and, and they have youth.
6: You know, obviously Nick's hurt now, but I mean, he had a great running game as well. You know, if you yeah. just woke up today and, and never watched football before, you'd say Joe Burrow was terrible uh, over the first two weeks. Uh, obviously he's going to get it going, I assume. I hope so, because I <laughs> sure. I picked him to go to the Super Bowl, so I hope so. But he's oh, been wow. terrible. Um, very small sample size. But, yeah, Deshaun Watson has not been the same. And, you know, he had basically a two-year layoff. Um, maybe that's a little bit more difficult than people realize. But, yeah, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. I mean <laughs> – the Eagles wanted to hire Adam Gase and Ben McAdoo before they got Doug Peterson. I talk about <laughs> that all the time. Um, yeah, they lucked out with Russ and Deshaun Watson. All
5: right. I guess, uh, Johnny called me on the carpet. So I'm going to have to apologize to Deshaun Watson. Um, I, I like, uh, pass rating more than John does. I think it's the worst stat possible to do. Uh, evaluate a quarterback except for every other stat which makes it the best stat to evaluate every other quarterback i called him 31st i apologize he's 30th yeah uh, <laughs> Bryce, Bryce young is actually worse than he is he's so a quarterback work. who's got two nfl games under his belt is worse than one backwards, so I guess I need to apologize to Deshaun. Well, It'll yeah, in thirty and, and, first when he's actually earned thirty. Well, at this not, I not, did he, say Zach Wilson was the worst. Did I not? Oh, and he is. Yeah. Well, I'm not right, going. Well, by I'll apologize. To I
6: do I don't know what what Justin Fields passer rating is because I, I don't because I don't because I don't pay attention. But Justin Fields is an, a a disaster. Um, yeah, there's a lot. And Josh Dobbs, like there's a lot of Joe Burrow, Joe, Joe Burrow's been a disaster, but we all know Joe's a good quarterback. I mean, Justin Fields, and you and I both like Justin Fields coming out. so the Eagles did not luckily for them. The Eagles love Zach Wilson uh, coming out of the trap. So I never saw
4: it with him. Yeah. I just never saw it though, because he struggled when you look at his throws to the flat area in the short passing game were were he Like I, I, I just never saw the love for him. I he can move around, yeah, sure, but I, I just never saw the trades where I think didn't think like, hey, this guy can be a franchise guy. Hey, this guy's going to hold a Lombardi Trophy at the end. So you, you get that gut feel. You, well, you look at the stuff and get Yeah, that I
6: certainly, thing. I That's certainly cool. look at it now and say, what, what are people thinking? But you know, at some and and by the way, look, I say it all the time with with Fields, with and I loved him coming out of the draft. And I know Jody liked him even more, but at some point he's five and twenty-two as a starter. And we talk about wins and losses as not being a quarterback. I'm the first one in that line, but five and twenty two is five and twenty two. At some point, I gotta pull the plug. I pulled the plug there. And and maybe it's not his fault. It might be Matt Eberflus. It might be Luke Getzia, I think it's a terrible offensive coordinator. But, man, if quarterbacks get in bad situations, it really stunts their development. It really He's stunts a guy, their
4: development. And Fields is a guy that I would really like to see, say, if, if the Denver Broncos do and, and find a way to move on for Russell Wilson and somehow get out of contract and just move on. Fields is a guy I would like to see with Sean Payton in that offense because I think it's a lot of safer throws, I think he can coach them up well enough to the fact that – because I think when you get a guy like Russell Wilson, you just set new ways. you like, oh, I did this beforehand. I had success. I'll listen to some of your stuff, but nah, I know what I'm doing here. I think what it feels, he's still impressionable enough, and he's out a whole new change of scenery. He'll have a good cast of wide receivers out there. I think he's a guy that if he ever – at the end of the season, if, say, the Broncos were to reach out to get him, I think he'd actually do well out there in Denver.
5: Yeah, I think the biggest problem with Chicago is they've tried to – kind of like the Giants uh, a couple of years ago when – uh who oh, is that general manager? I am a uh, gentleman. Uh, yeah. He acknowledged we got to improve the offense. I got to get me some hog mollies. We know we got to be better on the offensive line. And he put attention and money and draft Never, He just kept picking the wrong guys. You can you can understand that you need to improve in an area. It's nice that you figure that out, but then you actually have to get the players. And Chicago has been the same thing with the offensive line. They use a first round draft pick on a first round. He's not playing like it, not looking like it. So the offensive line has been brutal for Chicago. Yeah.
6: And by the way, they could have had Jalen Carter twice, and they took that offensive lineman. Just a a disaster (laughs) of the organization.
5: When when you pass on Jalen Carter twice and your guy's not ready to step in and be a dominant offensive lineman as a rookie, it's going to look bad on you,
4: Ryan Paulson. And smiled about it, too. We got that fourth-round pick, guys. Yeah, <laughs>
6: <laughs> The Eagles have a great quarterback, but it hasn't looked great in the first two weeks, Chris. So I was looking at PFF, and, and they have Jalen, you know, not graded well, but not poorly. Not, they're not saying he's playing poorly. But the most interesting part is the run game, the run game. We all know the effectiveness, the plus one that Jalen Hurts has given this team but this year it hasn't been that right now as we speak today the two worst run graded quarterbacks in the NFL are Jalen Hurts and Tua Jalen Hurts <laughs> is, is almost last what the hell is going on with the with the Eagles run game when it comes to the quarterback he looks uncertain what, 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 there's no decisiveness? What, what is going on there?
4: They're using, it's like they're using the linebacker. They're muddying it up. And, and it's, it's a, it's a chess game that's going on. It's like Hertz is holding it like a, a split second longer to try to draw these different, to draw the linebacker in defense or the edge rush where they're reading to try to de- declare which way they're going to go. But then they're also bringing some other guys to muddy it up to make it like, oh no, I'm not going inside. Okay. I'm going to be outside to stop that. I think that's that's the way they're stopping his the zone read. Really. Then you look at the the uh, when it comes to like the those the RPO where he has the, the R, RPR or the ones they like to do that as well too. They're trying, they're adjusting to that. The, the teams are trying to do that. They're muddying up in the middle and trying to adjust on that edge to say, okay, we want you to throw towards the outsides, and the opportunities are there. They really are. Like they they start to split a little bit, and I think it's one of those things where they needed to go back to the run just a little bit. To try to settle things, to try to change the way it looked, I like, I would want to see him run more, more, more pistol to help him out. But I think you can if you run more pistol. I think you, especially do like the midline the midline options. I think you can get more run yards out of that because I think teams are going to have to honor say DeAndre Swift in the backfield like a real running back. They have to honor him in the box. So I think that what the correction you do right now. I think you you go back to twenty twenty one Eagles in a way you set up the run, you force teams to actually put more in a box and they think I'll go off of that, go play action, and go deep and just continue to do that until teams have to readjust again. It's, it's that that ebb and flow, and I think we'll see a little bit of adjustments coming up, coming up in, in these next couple of days. All right,
5: I'll be a dick again. I've done it before, so I'll do it again <laughs> here. Um, telling you two guys how to do your job. If I had Nick Sirianni for a question in his next press conference, here's what I would ask him. How badly do you miss your blocking wide receiver? Um, I can't even think of the damn... Zach Paschal. Zach, Zach Paschal. How big a hole has Zach Paschal left in your offense, coach, without him here to spring Jalen Hurts on all these running plays? I would do it with tongue, some tongue somewhat implanted in cheek. But you get my point here, right, Chris? That, yeah, they used to have a guy who used to block on the edge, and he's no longer here, and... I don't think that's a Quez strong suit that he's helping get Jalen freed on those plays when he bounces it outside. Is that part of why Jalen Hurts hasn't run the ball in factory? Johnny Mack just told me 31st rushing quarterback in the league. That's bizarre, that's, man. That, that is just unfathomable yeah. as far as I'm concerned. It's got to be a reason. No Zach Pascal. What do you say, coach? You go in there, Franklin.
4: <laughs> that's the
5: question you're asking when next you get in front of the coach.
4: If I burn that question, everybody's gonna look at me and uh, just go like,
3: "What you a man?" Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm asking this question for Jody McDonald when everyone rolls their
6: eyes. There, you can be the element. That's like the idiot from Birds 360. That's like burning your question on injury. Chris had to do that.
4: Uh, I have them, to do that. The first yeah. question is always the toughest one. It's like, yeah, oh, all right, yeah, you gotta do it. But no, I think if anything, the, the one thing when you look at the wide receiver block is the wide receiver screens. I mean, old, it's not it's Watkins. I mean, all of the when he was in there, he missed a block on a wide receiver screen. That could have sprung for a good several sprung What, for a, what several a shot
6: years. wide receivers missed. I hate that place so much. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's ugly. Yeah, every once in a while you'll hit it. Or you're asking guys who can't block the block. It's similar to what I said about. You know, it doesn't make sense for me to move an all-pro corner from what he is an all-pro at. And it doesn't make sense to me to ask people who can't block to block consistently. doesn't make sense to me. But every team does it. It's not just the Eagles. I hate that play. And it's rough
4: because it's your two best blocking wide receivers, even PFF and everything else, are the guys you want the ball in your hands and A.J. Brown and and Devontae Smith. So you can't – it's like, wait a minute. You have one game, they're really good blockers, but you want to get the ball in the wide receiver's face. It's like, oh, all right. Well, I guess maybe we got to put Jack Stall out there and split it. Oh, then you know what's really coming out there. Jack Stoll split out. Watch outside. watch out, watch out. <laughs> so he can't do that.
6: <laughs> By the way, I think Devontae Smith is the Eagles' best blocking wide receiver, which is amazing. I, I think he is. And if
5: that's the case, shame on A.J. Brown because he is certainly more physically capable of doing it. You'd see, you see, We see it all the time. Devontae and AJ standing next to each other. One looks like a JV player, the other looks like a varsity player. The varsity guy should be able to block better. Come on, yeah. AJ, suck it up and get it done if that's the case. Another guy got going to annoy. I'm, I'm getting everybody annoyed here today. <laughs>
11: all right, let's get annoy.
5: The Eagle fans, Baker Mayfield. The almost unstoppable Baker Mayfield the first couple of games so far this year. I didn't see it coming. Good on you, Bake. Um, What are Eagles going to do to bring Baker Mayfield back to
4: earth, Chris Franklin? It's, I think you got you to bring it. It's it's it's, a, it's tough in a way because the one thing is he's spreading the ball around very well and not just the one part of the field. He's actually spreading the ball around to the point where it's unpredictable to a point. The biggest thing I know is going to be it sounds like you got to mush rush him in a way you got to collapse the pocket, but you, you just got to get pressure on him to the point where he has to stay in the pocket and just hope he just jump balls and throws it up in that one way. And I look at the way, like we talked about Evans earlier, he's the only one to me that's playing very well. you got to respect Godwin because of who he is, but he's the only one that's really breaking things and deep and, and making big plays. So it's also one of the things where you want to shift the coverage, shade the coverage over this way, or maybe you have Slade travel around with him. But then even you just make sure you get your hands up. Hands up much rush because he's still deep down. He's still that Baker Mayfield, as you know, has about two turnover opportunities out. He still, he still is just, you got to pick your spots and the opportunity and take advantage of it. When you get the chance, it, but this, I have to commend him. He's actually done a, he's done a good job when he's been down here so far, his first two games.
6: Yeah, he has played well. Uh, but I, I think you're right. I'm not that concerned about anything on offense other than Mike Evans when it comes to Tampa Bay, but, I am concerned with that defense. Uh, That defense is better than people realize. I just ran down the run deep; They're unbelievable versus the run, uh, Chris. So I'm not expecting 175 from DeAndre Swift this week. A lot of times... Wait a minute. Hold
5: on, John. Let me just interrupt for a second. Of the two defenses on the field this Monday night, who's better against the run?
4: Oh, yeah. It's definitely... uh... I'd yeah. go still with the Bucks. I'd I still, I'd still go, go with five, the Bucks B the yeah. in the middle yeah. is just
6: yeah. tough. I mean, he's uh, yeah, I mean they've been doing it for five years. So I mean they were they first, were they first first two games of the season, number one team in the league
5: against the run, I I the I, I the Eagles have, have been at.
6: great against the run, but again, context matters. Uh the Patriots don't have a a, a great running game. The Vikings, you know. Alexander Madison. To say more. Uh, I feel bad for what Alexander Alexander went through, but he's not playing well. Um, you know, it, context matters, they, right? But who's Tampa played? It. Tampa hasn't
5: played a good running back yet either.
6: Yeah, but they've been playing. They've been doing it for five years, Jody. Over five years, I, they I, they played I, good I running back. I'm just talking about
5: this season. I'm not talking about over the last five years. I'm just saying. Well, before that's before a pretty
6: that's season. a pretty big sample size, but. Getting back to my original point, Chris, those Thursday games tend to be, you know, they're DNA games, I like to call them, because you can't prep. prep. Nobody practices. You just roll out and you play, and you do what you do well. Um, And and the Eagles are a very talented team, and they persevered. Against Tampa Bay, you can game plan. You have extra time. You can really block down what you want to do. This is the week the passing game's got to get going, right? This is it. This is, this is a, you know, not that they're bad in the secondary. I love Winfield. But I, I'm not going to pound my head against the wall and say, hey, Jason Kelsey, go move B to Bayer. I'm not doing that. Correct or incorrect?
4: Yeah. Well, see, I think when you the passing game is going to have to be the way they win. And especially if they continue the trend of trying to play everybody deep, that everybody's done when they face the Eagles' is play everybody deep, you still have to take your shots just to get those safeties, loosen them up. I th- you still have to take a shot. I think I wouldn't be surprised if like on that first drive we see a deep shot to AJ Brown, just because everything that's going on right now. It's just to say Eli said, no, he's still an important part of this offense. And when you saw it I look at this as well too as an important litmus test for Cam Jurgens. Because when you look at this, he's this starts his stretch of hell for him because you go Vita Vea, then Jonathan Allen, then Aaron Donald. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see oh, them trying to shade Vea over that way towards Juergenside size test him out and say, I
6: hope Cam's see not listening. that listening. I heard, <laughs> I heard Chris just ruined his
4: day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's a stretch. That's a tough stretch for him. But we'll see. We'll see if he's made up for it. And it's a it's a matter of getting inside his pads and, and trying to be strong. And we're going, to see, we're going to see the athleticism that Cam has. And if Vegas starts to push that pocket in and starts forcing Hertz around, he can get away. But I think we'll see more of what we saw these first two games than what we've done, seen uh, last year when it comes to exactly throwing.
5: I asked Michael uh, the, a question when we had him on about uh, how many games uh, the new Eagles punter will be here for. I'm going to ask you a similar but different question. Okay. Who will be returning punts for the Philadelphia Eagles in their fourth game of the season?
4: Covey After will be back Monday
5: up. night, who will be their punt returner?
4: Brink Covey. So he's yeah, going, going to get elevated
5: to the 53-man roster.
4: I think yeah, and so then, then
5: that's, Street. That's what you're telling me. So has <laughs> got to get the Evo because somebody's going to need to be elevated because you can't do the practice squad mumbo jumbo with Britain after this
4: week. Yep, and then that's where the question is: where do you where do you go light it, and who do you let go? And that's going to be tough because you look yeah, at some of the candidates. And,
6: away. I can yeah. cut like three players. We 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 went through that. Why is Tavis Street here? Why is Rashad Penny here? I, I I can get um uh, uh, who else? I can get Rick's on the practice squad. Who cares? Why why are they worried about the back end of this roster so much?
4: See cornerback a cornerback like Ricks, I think somebody would try to jump just because it's a position of need and he showed he flashed and he could be all right. The street one the street one streets the one because I look at how many snaps he's gotten in these first few games, there's not that many. And you look, you got Mauro Jomo who you're thinking is going to be good down the line. That's the one between him, maybe one of those the offensive linemen, maybe like go past them like that. I think I think they go that route, if, if, if anything. But that's, I think Street is one of the ones that you got you to gotta start penciling in if they if they do it once they do
6: elevate uh, right. Covey
4: because Covey just catches the ball. He's the best out of everybody they got when it comes here, to catching the ball.
6: Make Justin Evans your Travis Hunter and let him – Return pot, <laughs> play in the slot, and play safety and and you your backup uh, kicker, too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
4: you, you do it all, man. Did, More did you time, man. any
6: punts in uh camp this year? Oh, yeah, Justin and preseason games he did. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. All right, Let's come back uh-huh.
5: here. I thought it was going to be a lemonade, but if you're telling me it's going to be Justin Evans, I'll believe you. But I'll tell you this as well. Oh, it's going to be
6: Covey. Uh, Chris is right, it's going to be Covey. You uh, sure about that. Well, unless he fumbles again, if he fumbles, yeah, so.
4: that's the biggest one. Yeah, if he drops another muffs and hey. gives him a good field position, then that yeah. might happen. But, but he usually he's the scary thing. He's the most shorthanded guy they have back there.
5: Just, just a, a an opinion from a non-Eagles beat reporter here. Someone not on the Eagles roster today will be returning punts next week for the Philadelphia Eagles. That they will go down the same exact road that they did with the punter. We just get a punter off the punter returner off the street. Come on, put him, slap them on the practice squad and elevate him on game day.
6: Yeah. Uh, they, they, they they care too much about ball security to do that. Uh right. they don't want to bring some but they don't care about holders for place kicking. No, evidently they Ooh, and and by the way, I'm gonna be okay. all over them. If Jake Elliott starts missing field goals, yeah. <laughs> I'm
4: gonna kill this team. <laughs> I think Corey Detmer's available if anybody needs him.
6: MVP of the, of, of the Eagles. <laughs> MVP of the Eagles right now. You can make a strong case it's been Jake Elliott. You
4: can. Yeah, good. Uh, could. That
6: is, it, that it is legit. Uh, should be fun for you guys
5: this week after Britton Cuffey goes three fair catches and one punt return for two yards. That's what that's what I'm predicting. Britton Covey does this week. I think
6: that, Brent's done a low-key good job on punt returns since about midway through his rookie season. He was like sixth in so the league. No good that the
5: Eagles he? kept kept Cantavius Street over him.
6: Well, that I disagree with. I, 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 I disagree. I don't. I don't. Uh, by the way, real quick, and uh, at C Franklin News, make sure you follow Chris on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, read them at nj.com. Eagles worked out six players yesterday, most notably William Jackson. But they worked out a couple of running backs. Uh, I think it was John Kelly, Bryant Kobach. Um, yeah, maybe maybe Rashad Penny out the door. I mean, they weren't going to play him last week until Boston had a concussion. So, why is he here if they're not going to play him?
4: I also think they. I also think they just like having a running back on a practice squad too. I mean, once Trey Sermon, once they let him go, and he's in shock. I thought well, I heard the Colts were interested in him for a, a, a while now, and I wasn't shocked when he saw a sign. I was like, ah, there you go, makes sense. <laughs> but I think they like having that running back. And I mean, we saw Kennedy Brooks on the roster all last year. They like and and let's see, Jason Huntley. Well, not Jason, Huntley, but guys. They at least have at least one on the back just in case they need to call him up in case there's another injury. I don't foresee. I think Penny would still stick around. Still be inactive when Scott comes back, and once and Kenneth and Kenny Gainwell comes back, I think he's inactive again. Just he's he's a good veteran option to have just in case there's an injury. And which pass protecting was a little bit better after that last game, but yeah, look at that. I think it's like to have a young running back on the roster as a roster as a just in case they can develop, and then if they don't like what they see, they can move on from that.
5: I'll give Nick Sirianni credit for uh, the Colts picking up uh, Trey Sermon. He's the guy who kept, oh, he looks great in practice. He looked at, He kept going back to how great Trey Sermon looked in practice. we go, okay, if you say so, coach. And they end up not cutting. But he must have looked good for Shane, too. Because Shane reached out and picked him up this week. So good luck to you, Trey Sermon. Uh, not happening here in Philadelphia. All right. Uh, Chris, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for jumping on with us. The question now will be when we get Chris Franklin, where will he be broadcasting from? Kind of like,
6: oh, uh, might be Tampa. Where, uh, where's Prince depending...
5: Franklin? Broadcasting?
6: So, depending on his travel, uh, it, uh <laughs> it might be it might be Tampa, it might be the golden, uh, golden beaches of Tampa. Who knows? It might be
4: a Tampa airport or whatever. I got early.
5: I do us a favor.
4: You Look got the Starbucks you got, there.
5: You got short <laughs> sleeves on today. Give us yeah. one flex before you go.
4: Oh, you, you, you want the flex there right there? Go. Yeah, the, the Yeah, we got that.
5: Sun's, got out, that Ray, sun's hit. out, sun's guns out, out, guns out for Chris. Ready to hit
4: something right now. <laughs>
5: <laughs> we'll talk to you again soon, brother. Thanks. Thanks,
4: Thanks guys. Y'all have a good one now. Next, Thanks,
5: see Franklin. Live from his bathroom. He says it's not his bathroom, but I think he could be lying to us. No,
6: that's come on. No, it's not his bathroom.
5: I think it is. I think he had it sitting up right there on the sink, and uh, it was a good shot behind him. He said, let's go with this. Uh, McMullen McDonald coming back. We still got one more segment on Street 365.
9: Eagles.
5: All right, we're almost out of time here on Bird 365. We'll be back again manana. Um, JC Allen. Uh, what? Oh, shoot. Now I can't remember off the top of my web. What, what website does he right?
6: Uh Pewter Report, right?
5: Pew, he's Pewter Report, and our other guy, Ira, is Joe Bucks fan. Yeah, get those two confused. Uh, but J.C.'s a very good writer, a good reporter. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to have to look that up today because he texted me last night to give him a rating, a comment on Eagles for the matchup this week. So uh, uh, I do want to like
6: I that. like when your team is pewter um, yeah, that uh, that's interesting for the box
5: spelling or the actual color,
6: the actual color. You like pewter. that color. Huh? You yeah. like pewter? Well, I like saying it. Uh, I don't necessarily like the color. Don't
5: necessarily like the color. Okay, uh, but JC Allen's going to join us tomorrow. That should be cool. I right. Johnny Maxie, how close attention you are paying the Monday night game between the Bucks and the Eagles? The wagering line is what?
6: Oh, no idea. Uh, I assume the Eagles are favored by six.
5: Most places have it at five. One has it at only four and a half. One has it at five and Ooh. a half. So it's it's uh, pretty two much, and zero.
6: Oh. People get hyped up two and zero. Oh.
5: Pretty much five across the board. The Eagles are a five point favorite, which as of right now we would lean toward the Eagles and the Eagles covering that number. Uh, if you would bet this game because they put out lines weeks in advance, if you had bet it before the season had started, I guarantee you it was over touchdown. Even yeah, I would think so. Way. I'm
6: thinking more of, you know, the Bu- I still don't think the Bucks are a good team. Um I think, you know, offensively it's Mike Evans and Tristan Wirfs and everybody else. Um I, and I'm, you know, but they're 2 and 0 and people get hyped up when teams win games. So, and the Eagles have are the Eagles are 2 and 0 obviously, but they haven't played as well as people expected. So that probably explains uh, it coming down from where it should be. I think that's a good line. I think, yeah, I think that's a chance to win on your Eagles fans, to win on your home team, because um, I think the Eagles are significantly better.
5: And it may move either up or down between now and Monday. we still got several days to go no practice today for johnny Mac, but heading in uh you got uh what time are the uh
6: 11 30 i'm talking? basically heading over as soon as i get off here okay. so
5: well then uh trace that safe travels to make it over there and back and you'll be back here with me tomorrow
6: yeah let's do it right. um, um pewter reports jc allen baby
5: Uh, and with me it's the putrid report you got the pewter report and the putrid report Uh, we'll give you both of those two things right here on birds 365 in two and two
2: you've been listening to birds 365 (coughs) the destination for the passionate eagles football fan who bleeds green if it's eagles football we're